Free Talk Live. It is available to you to take control of the show that you can bring up anything on 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. I want to welcome a special uh, listener set that we have on tonight, WGMD uh, in Delaware. Our brand-new Saturday affiliate is actually going to be joining us here for weeknights, at least for the next few days. I'm not sure if it's going to be through... I think it's the rest of the week at the very least. Um, and then We're just filling in. Yeah. We'll be off when we're off, I guess. Um, so thanks to the crew over there for, for putting us on the air. And uh, we'll take your calls about anything. So if it's your first time tuning in to this program, uh, test it out. 800-259-9231. There's something you want to get off your chest, something you feel like you need to comment on. We're here for you. In fact, we're going to go unscreened to one of our amplifier lines here. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. Officer Liberty from Minnesota. Officer Liberty, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was just—I just wanted to pick your brains, and uh, I, I had an open question for the three of you. Pick if you away. Could pick one, if you could pick one thing about the current administration, be uh, what they're doing or who they've put in power, what enrages you the most? Um, killing people in foreign countries. I would uh, have the administration take all troops that are in the hun- nearly 140 uh, uh, countries, that sovereign countries that they're in, the, in more than 700 military bases, pick them up, put them on the first thing that smokes, bring them back to United States territory, even if, um, you know, the closest one. If it's Guam, fine, I'll live with that. But uh, I would prefer to see the U.S. troops on U.S. soil defending the United States as the Department of Defense uh, is, is so named. Now, now, point of information before I answer the question. Mark, wouldn't you have said the same thing two years ago? Yes. Okay. Just, just to make sure that we're clear for the people that are definitely brand new to the show tonight. Now, that's not some sort of partisan statement against the Obama administration. You'd have said the same thing were it George Bush or were it Bill Clinton. Of course, when right. it was Bill Clinton, you didn't have the same viewpoint. When it either. comes to politics, my first and, and foremost position is let's stop killing people. Yeah, you know, a second, a close second for me, because I would answer the same way. I would say the killing is probably the most objectionable thing, but it, it's a tough call between the killing and the, you know, the threatening and the stealing, because you know, if you don't give them the money they're demanding uh, from you, and they might put you in a jail cell, and if you don't want to go there, you know, there's a chance they might kill you. So there's always that threat of death behind uh, all the taxation that they do. Dale, what about you? What, what do you think? Uh, pretty close to what Mark said. I was going to say that uh, my biggest issue probably is that he continued. The war policies of the Bush administration almost—it's hardly any change whatsoever. Well, he's, he's so, ramping you know, it up out in uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, in some way, yeah, exactly. In some ways, it's, it's worse. So I would say, yeah, the uh, the interventionism in other countries get it out, including, of course, the Iraq war in Afghanistan. And, Right. He essentially lied on Iraq, too. Um, he said that he was going to get the troops out of Iraq, and what he did is he pulled them back to bases. It's uh, There's no evidence at this point that the troops have been diminished in any uh, notable <laughs> amount. They are they are not out, uh, you know, doing as nearly as many patrols or anything like that, but they're still in-country right. in Iraq. So. Almost a full quarter of his term in, right? I mean, we're almost yeah. a full year in at this point. Now, gentlemen, to kind of piggyback on that, as long as uh, that seems to be the consensus... Um, would you rather, and I, I can kind of guess the libertarian standpoint is, you know, we never should have gone in there in the first place. But I didn't go in said, anywhere, let me tell you. I'm right here. That being said, uh, for all the people who have died already, I mean, I think we can all agree 
that Iraq has a better chance without Saddam. I mean, granted, taking out a dictator... Iraq has a... Whoa, whoa, just stop right there. Iraq has a better chance without Saddam. A better chance of what, exactly? I would say at least some sort of hope for something better. I mean, we can all agree that (laughs) Al-Qaeda was, uh, you know, they imposed theocratical You do understand that prior to the invasion, Iraq had running water and infrastructure that was functioning and things like that. They're getting that back. I mean, I feel like the but price... there was all the people that were killed in there. Right. Saddam it's Hussein like... was not killing people like that. I know he was a, an evil dictator, but he wasn't, a, a, you know, wholesale executing people. This, this is actually the sort of notion that promotes statism in the first place. There's this idea that, well, you know, at least police are stopping bad criminals. Well, occasionally. But what's the price we're paying is that they're creating more crime than they've stopped. And yes. so, well, so he, is, Saddam, he, is it good that Saddam is, ba- is gone? Yeah, but was the price worth it? That's very questionable. Very questionable. Well, and well, I mean the price, price that the I mean, Iraqis paid, too. He did, he did too. gas the Kurds, did he not? He, he gassed some Kurds, but I mean, when if you look at the number of people who have died from war-related stuff, be it, uh, you know, uh, pestilence, you know, diseases that have run rampant because of, you know, lack of potable water shortly after the uh, the shock and awe crap. Lead um, in their bodies, right, um, uh, explosions. Well, <laughs> uh, depleted uranium. Falling uh, buildings. Exploding bombs and all those things. It, it numbers over 100,000. Saddam Hussein didn't kill 100,000 people, certainly not in the last decade. Um, so and it's not over. I he mean, didn't have the power to do that because he, you know, to some extent or another was still beholden to the Iraqi people because at the very least they could have all gotten together with all the AK-47s they had and, and shot the, the heck we, out of his palaces and, and killed him. Can we also uh, rewind history a little further back than the 1990s as well and talk about how Saddam Hussein is uh, in, was in power because of his alliance with the United States? Yeah, the checks so, that he was getting. <laughs> so all of the blame that you want to put on Saddam Hussein, go back a little further and you can put it on uh, the United States federal government. And likely we wouldn't have had Saddam Hussein as an enemy if the George Sr. Bush hadn't uh, given him uh, you know, given him the go-ahead to, in, to invade Kuwait and then changed its mind. That's what he said in, a, in an interview with Diane Sawyer, and the administration has never uh, rebutted it, and there's, um, you know, there's actually evidence on his side. So, Officer Liberty, how do you feel about that? Well, you know, those are all valid points. Uh, I'm still kind of on the fence. I, f- I figure as long as we've already paid the price a little bit, we may as well you know, Who is point, we? Who are you speaking well, for? I'm talking I about don't want to pay the, any more price for this. In fact, I refuse to pay a price for this. I will avoid sending any money that I possibly can to the federal government because I will not pay a price for this. And I don't know why anybody else would want to pay a price. What are they gaining? When you pay a price for something in the marketplace, you gain value in return. What do you what are, what have the thousands of people who've died for this the hundred thousand Iraqis the thousands of American troops what have what have they gained what have their families gained I would say I would say nothing but I look at it as more no they've lost it's it's you're right they have gained nothing and they've lost they've lost their friends they've lost their family members they may have lost their fortunes or their homes or their businesses what is that worth to you and and that and that's not fair 
but I also think about the women who don't have to be worried about being stoned to death because not they in didn't Iraq. Put on their well, that, you're confusing Afghanistan with Iraq. Um, Afghanistan had a significantly more backwards uh, sort of uh, theocratic. Uh, the Taliban was significantly more backwards than really modern day Baghdad, which was uh, it was a metropolis in the Middle East. And you know, before we went and dropped a whole bunch of of uh, TNT and uh, like substances on it. We can get into all the nitty gritty details of the uh, the foreign entanglements of these various governments and the awful things that uh, people do around the world. We can get into the details of that. And there's no doubt there are horrific people uh, lording over people all around the world, that, uh, whether they're dictators or king, uh, kings or whatever their deal is. There's no doubt Presidents. about that. But the real issue here, the root of the issue, is whether or not I should be forced, or Dale or Mark should be forced, people like uh, those of us who don't support killing uh, in our names, if we should be forced to support this. That's the real issue. So you, Officer Liberty, if you really feel like there's something good happening... He doesn't. Uh, over, over the, well, well, no, but he's saying that it's it's worth it. You know, it's no, he's saying that now that we're there... Um, Keep should, going. ...should we clean up our toys? And I think it's a valid what, point. What? Clean up our toys? We're talking about explosions and death here. Not in Iraq, you're not. Not any longer. Whatever, Mark. We're, we're talking... That's what we were well, talking to, you about. You need to address foreign policy... Clean your damn toys up and go home. Like I, tomorrow. There's no three-year process of cleaning up. You just shut it down and leave. Well, someone would argue that uh, w- what about the democratic government that we've worked so hard to uh, now foster Now you've there? distracted me again. What if it, what if it falls through? <laughs> no, no, I don't. It's none of my business. I'm not interested in forcing my way on these people. If you are Officer Liberty, if you think it's worth it, then you should get together with your buddies that agree with you and hire some mercenaries or go over yourself, arm up, and go and do the dirty work. Because Find, I'm not interested better in Better yet, find Iraqis over there that would like to do it and raise your raise money to support them. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Because the real issue is consent and whether or not I want to go along with this. And I don't. 800-259-9231. And I don't want their welfare programs and I don't want to go along with anything the federal government has. So. I sure as heck don't want to support their puppet government that they put in over there. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Features including live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, even a webcam and listen lines. You can now call uh, via any phone that can dial long distance and listen to Free Talk Live 24 hours a day. All the details are at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL, 
C-A-I. So we're going to continue here on uh, kind of a theme that we've been covering in the past couple shows. Uh, last night, we talked about uh, this really great story from the Financial Times uh, that was reporting on India and how it is that in India, even though they have the free government health care, that poor people are choosing to pay for health care. Poor people who otherwise you would expect would take advantage of uh, the freebies, right? That's what people expect poor people to do. But in India, there were over, uh, at least in one small area, there were over 500 uh, private schools. 500 private schools and 500, and I don't know how many uh, hospitals, but they were also talking about education and how they're also choosing private education over the government's freebie education. The the doctors that they were choosing in the, the marketplace, the private doctors, weren't as supposedly well-educated as the ones in the public system, in the government system. But it turns out that the private doctors were giving better service, that people were happier with the private doctors and the, you know, the level of quality that they were receiving as far as their health care services were, were concerned. And so it was, a, it was a great story because it kind of just threw it in the face of the people that are out there constantly promoting the welfare state, saying that, the poor need this, the poor, we need these government programs to help the poor. But it turns out that the poor are voluntarily choosing to avoid the government freebies. Right, the, go- and the poor think that your government socialized health care sucks. That's what the poor people yeah. think. And they're right. As all you have to do is participate in a socialized health care system, and you will in fact realize that the government health care system does suck. Poor people in these, in these countries that we're talking about here was India in this case. These are not stupid people. Just because you're poor doesn't mean you're stupid. It can just mean that you've got a uh, oppressive government that is essentially squeezing as much of your wealth out of you and uh, restricting your opportunities as uh, effectively as it can. That's, that's why so many people are poor around the world. They're not given the opportunities to, to essentially lift their economic strata up, to raise themselves up on the, uh, the rungs of the economic ladder, if you will, because they're, they're physically prevented from doing so. You can't open, I remember, John, I think it was John Stossel's book, uh, his first book, where he was talking about the oppressive business climate in places like India and other uh, countries around the world. He compared them to Hong Kong, where in Hong Kong he went into a mall, filled out one sheet of paper, and was able to, within minutes, set up his own booth and start selling product. Can you imagine something like that here in the United States? I mean, beyond like a, just a you know, flea market? Here it's very difficult to open up your own storefront. Here it's uh, you've got to get approval from all kinds of government bureaus and things like that. Imagine trying to open a storefront on on Main Street and in Keene. <laughs> yeah, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Imagine the thousands of dollars you'd be forced to pay in in property taxes. I mean, it's just it's it's just not freedom. And so anyway, going back to the health care issue. Uh, we were talking about India last night, but Mark, you have an email from somebody who's in Canada. And, of course, Canada is one of those places where here in, in the United States, the people that are promoting the idea of government-run health care, you know, they love to point to Canada. Oh, Canada's great. Now, we've, we've heard plenty of stories over the years about how Canada and their government system just ain't so right, hot. But you need to talk to Canadians before you say it's great. Right. And, and, well, now, some Canadians will say, it's great. And they tend to be under the age of 35. Uh, and or even younger. Younger than or that. A little older. But, um, you know, when you, when you start getting up there... 
you know, <laughs> the the fact is that any business has to decide where they're going to take their losses and all that other stuff. And so the place that they're going to take their losses is your life at the end of it. Right. So a lot of uh, elderly or, folks are essentially shut out by the government-run health care system. They're deemed as too old to be worth it. Or if you have like a, an expensive rare procedure, those are the ones where people end up waiting in lines for a long, long time. Absolutely. Sometimes, 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 way too, sometimes to the point of where it's seriously dangerous that right. they have to wait so long. And that's why a lot of them do cross the border, uh, to, you know, the imaginary line, to come here to, uh, to the U.S. and get the treatments done. But what does one Canadian have to say about this? Because apparently, Mark, you're telling me there's actually private care available in Canada, too. Right. It's, uh, this is from John. He says, hey, Mark, I was just listening to the opening discussion last night's show about health care, and I thought I'd chime in with my experiences dealing with the non-socialized free market health care up here in Canada. I don't think you can call anything a free market that is regulated, and I imagine that the Canadian health care market that is outside of the government system is as regulated, if not more so, than the American market. He says, that's right. In Canada, we do have a relatively free market in health care. Or at least in certain areas of healthcare, in specific things like optometry and dentistry. Hmm. I'd like to compare these two industries with the socialized medical system that we have here. Ah. Here being Canada. He's a Canadian. So, so you also pets. Right. Yeah. Vet, veterinarians <laughs> vets, in, yeah. in the U.S. Uh, vets and, uh, and dentists in the U.S. are much. Uh, they have well, much fewer regulations if, if, to if, deal with. If they do go to socialized medicine here in the United States, it probably you probably get better service from your vet. I was going to say that you can actually you can get uh, the, the veterinary health care in Canada is still relatively relatively free compared yeah. to the human one, and so pets actually can get really good health care in Canada. So he's not saying you can go and get an X-ray from a private provider. He's saying that there are certain things that are outside of the government system. Yes, and you also don't want to portray the United States system as free market because it's certainly not. Oh no way! No. <laughs> it's mostly government. It's mostly government uh, paid for system. Over fifty percent of the healthcare dollars, right? So by um, government. Really, what we need to do in the United States is we do need healthcare reform. We need to get the government the heck out of medicine. Absolutely, and that means everything: abolishing the FDA, etc. But what's his story? He says currently, I have a family physician who I have been under for the last ten years or so. It has gotten to the point that I am no longer comfortable seeing him because I have known one of his sons since I was four. Now, I don't know why this is. Well, I should probably just get over it and keep in mind the whole patient confidentiality thing. It still seems pretty awkward to me. However, I have almost no chance to get a new family physician because waiting lists average anywhere from one to three years to get in to apply for um, to get in to apply with a new physician, let alone be accepted. Wait, and wait, wait, wait. Okay. You just said it's one to three years to apply? Yes. There's a waiting list to apply. To a new and physician. And then you have to get accepted. Right. Wow. That probably is relatively quick because the physician just then decides whether or not, but, you know, it's whatever. They're bureaucrats, Mark. Maybe. You think it's relatively quick, huh? I, I do. Once you get the Maybe compared to, to three years, it's relatively quick, but who knows? They might be three months back on approving applications. I, I doubt it. Okay. You're speculating, you already, so am I. If you already have a physician like I do, it can be even longer. Because mm. obviously people on the list, you know, one of the questions they're going to ask is, do you currently have a physician? Yes. Well, there's, Why would you people, change? there's people who are in the list of three years back that want to get in to see a physician who don't have one. Yep. It, it could be decades before you got a new physician. Well, we'll talk more about uh, Healthcare Canada, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You are also welcome to bring up whatever's on your mind, whether it's your thoughts on uh, healthcare or anything goes. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. 
Register now for the Republican Liberty Caucus of New Hampshire's Liberty in 2010 reception. Dr. Thomas Woods, the New York Times bestselling author of Meltdown, will be explaining the economic crisis and the role of the Federal Reserve. Successful investment fund manager Larry Lepard will share his perspective on the meltdown, including advice on how to protect your investments. Proceeds will be used to help pro-liberty Republican candidates win their primaries in 2010. Register at nhrliberty.org by October 26th for a free copy of Dr. Woods' book. That's nhrliberty.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Features like uh, the updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates dot freetalklive.com get on the list for free that's updates dot freetalklive.com hello mark what you doing take the startpage.com seven day challenge for seven days use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine experience the difference you'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines and unlike your old search engine you'll have complete privacy inside of your search start the seven day challenge today at startpage.com that's startpage.com. All right, so we will take your calls about anything. We're going to continue the email here in a moment about the, the Canadian healthcare system. But uh, we'll give callers uh, preference because that's what the show is about, about taking your calls about anything. So let's talk to Tim in Delaware listening to WGMD. Tim, good evening. You're on the air. Yes, sir. How y'all doing? Super. What's on your mind tonight? This is, well, this is the first time I heard you. but I It's the second time we've been on, Tim, so that's okay. It's yeah. totally understandable. Uh, I just think y'all being a bit disrespectful to the sacrifices that our veterans are making. And y'all are entitled to your opinion. Well, um, I I understand that there are sacrifices being made. Um, Like people are are taking bullets, uh, big hard bullets, you know, hard bullets in their soft bodies. I I agree with you, but, you know, what is is the reason that I should respect that? Well, what about the people that died in the Twin Towers? Shouldn't Shouldn't somebody be paying that consequences of their actions? I, I suppose that the criminals that uh, committed those actions should pay for them, and the people that uh, that you know paid them, financed them, and that kind of thing. But my question, but my question still stands: What are we doing about that? It looked to me like George Bush had no intention. As a matter of fact, he said he doesn't care where Osama bin Laden was, and Osama bin Laden is not in Afghanistan, and he's not in Iraq, he's not in Somalia, and he's not in any of the places that we have troops. Well, we don't exactly know where is he still alive. Chances are very, very good um, from you know the reporters around the world that apparently do far better investigation than the United States military that he's in the Pashtun area of Pakistan. But we'll, well, then you know, we'll we see. Go in there and whack him. Look, <laughs> if <laughs> do you think it's okay to go in people's sovereign countries and whack people? Well, they came in our sovereign country and killed innocent Who's civilians. They? Who the Pakistanis uh, they came? The consequences. They, <laughs> Who the, they here, suffer the consequences. The United States Constitution has a system for dealing with just what you're talking about. And that, yeah, and that but, system oh. is called letters of mark and reprisal. You put a, a bounty on Osama bin Laden's head, and then somebody and goes and gets it. 
instead of what they did, which was they put a bounty on his head, but they wouldn't let any American forces go get it, any, any American people. If you were an American citizen, you weren't allowed to, to, to claim that <laughs> bounty, which was a stupid way to go about it in the first place. And the bounty wasn't very high if you wanted to mount some kind of force to do something. Wait, now, how much money have they, the, uh, gov- the government people spent on the Iraq and Afghanistan conflict? Com- combined? Yeah. Quite a bit of money, In excess of tr- a trillion dollars. So, why, so basically, Mark, what you're saying is if they And don't forget a- all the Army guys that have no arms and no legs that we're going to have to take care of for the rest of their lives, yeah. the ones that uh, have PTSD and the they, ones... What's that? All right. They volunteered. They obviously see something that we don't. Wait, point of we information. Right let's not, let's not, let's not get sidetracked here. Well, he was talking about the expenses of the war. Tim, I want to just point something out here. What Mark just suggested was putting a bounty on the criminal's head. If the criminal is Osama bin Laden putting a bounty on his head, Mark, you had said that it wasn't very large, but yet they went and spent, you know, a trillion, a trillion dollars, dollars or whatever on they the put, war. They, so they, they put, put, like, I think $10 million on, on his head. So why not take a billion and put it on, on his head or something like that? Wouldn't that be a more effective way? of getting that person brought to some level of justice without having to spend trillions of dollars and thousands of lives and 100,000 innocent people over in those countries? Um, Because, I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like it's worth killing 100,000 human beings to go after one man? Just ask the 3,000 people that died during the Twin Towers attacks and the Pentagon attack. Ask their relatives how they feel what we should be doing. Well, that's I don't think that point. their relatives are qualified to spend my money, sir. See, that's the, Ed, that's the or issue. Or to kill 100,000, or to Ed, decide whether 100,000 people right. should if die. If their relatives said that they wanted to shoot you in order to solve the problem, would it be okay then? Uh, if I took their lives, I guess I But you didn't, and neither did those 100,000 people. That's what we're talking about here. But I that's have to, the consequences of war. I'd that like to get back to your original damage. question, though. Uh, or, or, sorry, your original let me go statement. This. No, let me I'd like to hear what Dale has to say on let, this. Let him jump in on this, but I really want to go to this consequences of war thing. Make a note, then. This is fun. I, I enjoy this. This is fun. So if I have, um, for instance, a burglar runs out of my house, he's got my TV set in his hand, I take a couple of shots at him. In the process, I perforate some woman's baby's uh, head um, with the shots. Should I be charged with murder? Well, that's your fault for missing Right, yeah, um, and so. that's 100,000 people that the, the U.S. military missed on. So my question to you is this. Should George Bush be brought up on charges for missing 100,000 no. times? No. no. Absolutely no. not. Right? No. Because you hold politicians to a different standard than you do no. individuals who are responsible for their actions. Oh, only, the Repub- no. only the Democrats or the, the Republicans. No, sir. We had an act of war brought upon us, and the people who brought this act of war upon us who were they? Which people? Well, they were terrorists. Well, you know, I'm saying sorry, they, people. but... Were terrorists from the country of terror? Look, George H.W. <laughs> Bush, the first George Bush president, had an a, a, a attempt taken upon his life. So did mm-hmm. Bill Clinton. Well, it's all, it's, you know, we're getting sidetracked. Oh, your original statement. USS Cole is an act of war. You're, you're, we're you getting sidetracked. Your original statement was, are, we're being a little disrespectful. What do you think was disrespectful? Well, to, to the sacrifice of the veterans, because these young men are... How so? What did we do that was disrespectful? What did we do that was... What did we say that was Why? disrespectful to them? Well, that they're, they're just wasting their life, and they don't see it that way. I don't think anyone said they, they were wasting their lives. So if I, I disagree... Will, I, if right I disagree... Okay, if I disagree I with... I said them, that. Okay, so should we, should, we lie, should we lie then about what we really think? Would that be respectful for I them? That's the beauty of talk radio, ain't it? Okay, so then we, right. so, so then you agree we shouldn't lie that that would be that would not be respectful. Well, we're either. certainly not going to lie. So, that's for sure. so I'm still trying to understand what did we do? What did we say that was disrespectful? I think 
you said that they were just lit, wasting your lives. Uh, it was we're just being critical, back Dale. Up. You it just was, got there saying we shouldn't lie about how way. we... I, look, I don't, don't expect them to remember exactly what we might have said. Essentially, okay. we were being critical of the, the, the conflict over there, and that was disrespectful enough in, in his mind. But here's what I want to bring this back to, is your con- consistent use, and you're probably not even aware of it, uh, your consistent use, Tim, of this term, they. If they attacked us, we should go attack them. They and we. And it's, it's as though you're, gr- you're grouping everybody who's Af- you know, an Afghani or, uh, or lives in the, the borders of Iraq. Uh, you know, you're Camel grouping jockey. them all into the same category as though, as though all of them were in on the attacks. And they, all, and they all deserve to perish as a result of that. Do you, do you see yourself doing that? it's called collateral damage, isn't it? Uh, Do you see your But that <laughs> that, that is what the people Civilian from nine eleven were too. That's what the victims of 9-11 were, too, because Osama bin Laden doesn't care about average citizens in the United States. What he wants is the United States military out of Saudi Arabia, which is a country we did not attack, by the way. So he was willing to kill 3,000 people with his, you know, his, his suicide bomber guys um, who hijacked the planes, and therefore they're just collateral damage. You seem to care greatly about that collateral damage. However, you do not care about their collateral damage. Why is and that? I would submit to you that that is why war continues, is because people like you don't give a damn about other people's mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, and children. <laughs> well, excuse me, but I disagree, buddy. What? <laughs> you, you're saying how, you do give a damn? How many people's kids need to die in order for your blood to be, uh, for, for, the, for your desire for uh, bloodlust to be sa- uh, satiated? Vengeance. Well, I mean... Maybe like ten to one. That's okay, we're that. well over that. We ought, to, that. we ought to punish severely the people that took this innocent the civilian people. lives. But this is what whoa, whoa. Yeah. this well, is what you can't you about. can't tell me who these people are. All you are well, able to do is basically they hide and, behind civilians, and unfortunately, the civilians is called collateral damage. So uh, wait, 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 okay, wait, wait. When you say it these people, two, well, we're gonna t- Tim. I want to hang on to you here, all right? If you if you oh, don't I mind, know, I love. Okay, since you love it, we're gonna bring you back. And if you want to talk to Tim, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. These people, Tim, I want to know who these people are. Is it the 100,000 people that have been killed in, in Iraq and Afghanistan? Muslim people. Is that what you mean, Tim? Terrorists. Is it, is it Muslims? Is it terrorists? I want to know from Camel you. Jockeys. Who are these people that deserve to perish? Eight hundred. Because the people that crashed the planes into the buildings died on impact. It's Free Talk Live. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Hey, if you enjoy this show, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. It's a great way to get the stuff that you need, the stuff that you want in life, and get it delivered to your door and help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. You know Amazon, they're the world's largest internet retailer. They sell virtually everything, dozens of categories, even used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, you can go used. Also, going new is pretty good idea with Amazon because in a lot of cases you get free super saver shipping on your purchases of new products through amazon.freetalklive.com entering through that link allows Free Talk Live to be uh, given a spiff. Amazon basically cuts us in on their profits uh, for sending them the business. So once again, that's amazon.freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue here, and we're we're on WGMD tonight. Uh, it's an FM talk station in Delaware that has joined us for our Saturday show. They're taking a, a few days of our weekday program. And so it seems like, it seems like at any time we start on a brand new radio affiliate, there's always somebody who is shocked by what they hear. And somebody no like doubt Tim. It, it is completely unlike what you yeah. hear on the radio these days. It is true. Because we're it's not true. liberals, we're not conservatives, nope. and it, 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 it tends to rankle somebody on either side, whether it's a liberal or conservative station we happen to be on. Right. On this show tonight, uh, if, you, if you want to know what I think the appropriate terms would be for those of us behind the mics, uh, I would choose voluntarist. Mark, you would choose... Libertarian. And Dale? Anarchist. Anarchist, of course. Jail with his libertarian macho flash. Or anarchist macho flash. All right, so uh, so yes, it's inevitable that somebody like Tim will call in. And Tim, welcome back. You've you've been uh, very good. You've been a very good sport, indeed. And uh, we've been talking to you about war, uh, specifically the uh, the Iraq and Afghanistan conflicts, and and of course you've been taking kind of the the typical. pro-state position of uh because it's not well your position isn't really a republican or democrat position it's a it's a pro-state position um that Uh that war is this war is good that the hundred thousand people that have perished uh at the hands of whether it's starvation or the troops themselves or whatever uh those those people are what you call collateral damage and you know you've just written them off but before we went away and we do have somebody that wants to talk to you here in a little bit another caller But right. uh, before we went away to break, I was addressing an issue in the way you're speaking, and it's something that, that afflicts me, too. So I'm guilty of this myself, Tim. You'll hear me right. do it from time to time, and I'm trying to get over it. But it's this, this way of thinking and this way of speaking, this very collective sort of uh, way where you group people into groups that really shouldn't be grouped there. It, essentially, you're grouping you know, Afghanistan uh, people or Iraqi people into these groups as though they're all associated with the terrorists and you – know, that, no, that, uh, that I they... don't mean it that way. Well, then who are these they're people? innocent civilians, okay. right? but they get called in the way of war. How did we win World War II? The 8th Air Force bombed, firebombed, firestorms in Germany. We dropped the bomb on Japan. Unfortunately, a lot of innocent civilians died, didn't they? It's also unfortunate that World War II occurred because it's likely the U.S. government's involvement in World War I that actually paved the way for Hitler and the, uh, the conflicts in, in World War II. Uh, so if the United States government had actually, you know, honored their constitution and stayed the hell out of World War I, World War II likely would never have occurred. Not to mention that the uh, United oh. States government turned down, they turned down uh, uh, overtures of surrender from the Japanese government um, because they wanted a complete unconditional surrender, so they killed those million people at, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki 
essentially because they wanted an unconditional surrender. The only condition that the Japanese government wanted was that their uh, Emperor Hirohito still be called a god, which the United States government ended up giving them anyway. So those million people died in Japan for nothing. All right, you don't think that... What did the Germans do to the Jewish population in Germany? They exterminated... They wouldn't have done it if the United... They wouldn't have done it if the United States hadn't have gotten involved in World War I. German people didn't want to kill Jews... Hitler wanted to kill Jews. Hitler um, would not have gotten into power if it wasn't for the, the, the chancellor. Come on, man. Hang on, Tim. Now, pay, pay attention right. here because this is history. I'm telling you history, Tim. You're not, what, about what? History what about Germany and World War, World War I and World okay. War II. What? You, you think that because we, the United States entered, which was under Woodrow Wilson, while we went to World War One? Correct. You no. think that caused... Uh, side treaty and all that yes a lot of people because do, actually. It, it's 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 pretty oh much my. established fact that the oh um the, the the weight the united states threw behind the allies in for in world war one essentially paved the way for this this very lopsided treaty that was the treaty of versailles um because germany was still losing um world war one when the united states got in but they lost decisively there wasn't this sort of um you know the, the, the it was it was completely lopsided and if it hadn't have been the treaty wouldn't have been so arduous on the german people therefore they wouldn't have uh, allowed a guy like hitler a madman to come to power who was talking about you know deutschland uber alice and all that oh. stuff and you wouldn't have had the the uh, the jews killed so one could say that woodrow wilson killed those jews oh and don't remember would uh, remember oh, that woodrow on. wilson hitler Tim, killed them jews man jeez well actually the guards in those prisons about? did it those guards in those prisons did it they're responsible they did the act woodrow no, wilson hitler was, was a, responsible for it. Well, Woodrow Wilson was responsible for it then, because all Hitler did was tell the guards to do it, and all Woodrow Wilson did was send our troops in there. Woodrow Wilson ran on a campaign of staying out of war and broke his campaign promise and got involved. Look, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? That seems to be a really common... History's repeating itself. And look, Tim... All right. Yes. Let's go back to this this kind of concept that you uh, you uttered before the break, and that was these people that you wanted to go after these people that were responsible in your mind for the, uh, the the attacks on the twin towers. You wanted to go after these people. Well, who are those people? Are you saying that it's somebody other than the folks that actually flew the planes into the buildings and, and incinerated no, sir, themselves? I am not. I'm speaking about the terrorists and whatever the terrorists. Where they came from. What no, uh, what does it... that mean to be a terrorist? Do you mean someone who has actually engaged in an at- in a terrorist attack? Because if that were the case, that would make sense. But you're not talking about that, right? Because there haven't been any other terrorist attacks on the United States uh, territory since that time. Who's been suffering terrorist attacks since 1974? I who? believe. Who has? The American people. In this and, country. Uh. uh American citizens overseas, yes. Oh, American citizens overseas. So you're saying if a if an American citizen goes overseas and you know some suicide bomber attacks there, that that's good enough reason to uh, to mo- to move the U.S. military into action and invade that area and kill a bunch of people? You're darn right it is. You're out of yeah. your mind. Let's go to the phones I'm here. Sorry. And, uh, let's talk to Zach in D.C. You're I'm on sorry. with Tim. Zach, you're on with Tim in Delaware. Hi guys. Zach, you're on with Tim. Hi. Hi. Um, I think Tim is touching, I mean, I, I wouldn't say Tim's right, but uh, I, I think he might be touching on some concepts which are somewhat right about the collateral damage. However, that only applies in certain circumstances. Like, 
actual war in that uh, somebody would have had to have declared war? Because I can tell you that didn't happen. Thank you for the call tonight, uh, uh, Zach. Appreciate hearing from you. Tim, uh, your thoughts? We've not had a declared war since what? Uh, World, World War II, have we? That's correct. How do you feel about that? Korea wasn't what? Korea was a great loss of life. We didn't win that war. No. How do you feel about that? The lack of declared wars. Well, I'm I I don't really know because I've never hmm. fought in one. All right. No, no. I, I just was, you know I, from like a like you know from a constitutional perspective because I know that goes over real well. well and, hmm? uh, well, yes. We should declare war because then it would be all out. Hmm. And then we could, like, we won the war in World War II. If we declared war against uh, in Korea or Vietnam or Afghanistan or Iraq, we'd thump them hard. Well, we, we, well 100,000 we people dead that. and 100,000 people collateral damage dead in Iraq, and oh, you're saying on, we haven't man. gone all out? How <laughs> oh, come on. What is it? Come how on. many? How, how much many, collateral damage would it be if we had gone all out the million, way you described Dale. it? A million people. Well, if we dropped the bomb, oh my that God. would be all-out war. You want to drop oh a bomb? Man. Please don't no, say that. No, I didn't say that. You're saying, <laughs> um, you say one thing and I say another. I, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to understand night. you. That's I all. want to clarify historically about Afghanistan and Iraq. The United States military won the war in both of these places within a few uh, weeks of entering. You mean uh, by defeating the military? The, by defeating the state. Yeah. A war is a, is a conflict between states. And you cannot have a war on terror because terror isn't a state. It's so, a nebulous wow. concept. Right, what essentially, are we going to do? I don't know. What are who going to do? I have a suggestion. Are, what is we as American people? Are we going to let people come into our country and keep bombing us? I would love to answer this question for you. Yeah, I'll answer this question for you. It's a good question. What we should do as the the American people is demand that our government remove all of the troops from foreign countries, and then Ah. organizations like Al-Qaeda, which is run by people from Saudi Arabia, will not be upset with us for having troops in Saudi Arabia and and propping up a king that they cannot depose, and therefore being essentially mercenaries, the world's mercenary... I also have an answer for that, and I'll give it to you here in a bit. And I want to thank you, Tim, for the call tonight. Uh, we got to make room for other folks here at 800-259-9231. Good discussion. And I do want to still answer that question. What do you do about it? Because, Mark, your, your answer is a good answer, but it wouldn't necessarily solve the bad feelings that those people still have. So maybe bombs would still brought, be brought over here. Maybe there's, you know, there's still that specter that might hang could, over. It could happen. Uh, so what do you do about that? We'll address it coming up here in moments. Hour two's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Ian. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time. You and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T.com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. Again, that's frontsite.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll continue taking your calls about anything. As uh, I, And I want to address a question that we just had from Tim in Delaware at the very end of the last hour, and that is what to do about terrorism in the United States. Because he understands that we weren't necessarily in, very much in favor of the idea of warmongering and invading other countries and killing people. So his question is, well, what do you propose? And right. I it's have not a proposal. Like, um, you know, it's, it's not like one can be a pacifist and then just no one's going to attack. It, it certainly it happens, I'm sure. Right. So I'll get to that. But let's go first to uh, I believe Tom is with us in New York. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. How's it going, guys? Um, what's on your mind tonight? You know what? I just I, I want to call real quick. I uh, just wanted to say that I've enjoyed um, uh, your guys' show. I'm a long-time uh, talk radio listener, um, and I've been listening to you guys for a couple weeks now. Um, and I put you guys right up there with the best, the best, and, and I appreciate you guys giving an open forum. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Not a problem. And I think it's important, especially nowadays, for you know people, whether they agree with you, whether they disagree, whether they're on the right, the left, the Republican, Democrat. You know, first and foremost, we're all Americans. We have to we have to see the big picture because there is a big. Picture how about how about we're all human beings? Can we just all be human beings instead we of Americans? Right. Absolutely right. Yep. Absolutely right. Because right. Americans suggest that there's some validity to the imaginary lines that have been drawn around certain geographic and, areas, calling themselves countries. And exactly, and that's it. And here's the thing, too. As a lot of people need to wake up, there, there's a there's puppet masters controlling everything. Not only in this country, but in every country around the world. And uh, you know, and that's what they do. They separate us: black, white. You know, again, Republican, Democrat, Canadian. Right, American, because if you're distracted right. by uh, how it is, you don't like the. You know, if you're Christian and you don't like gay people, yep. or you're distracted yep. uh, because you know you, whatever, whatever it is, the other group that's out there that appears to be your enemy. Uh, if you're distracted by that, then you won't notice the uh, the people that are essentially benefiting and, from the conflict that's being created. Perfectly said, because if you know they keep us at each other, you know that distracts from the real focus of what's going on. I mean, you want to watch Balloon Boy or Octo Mom or Tot Mom, you know they'll have or Michael Jackson, they'll have that, you know, on the news and on the radio and talk shows and stuff like that. But you know they'll rather have you distracted and looking at stuff like that than the big picture and the real picture. Tom, thanks for the call tonight. I really appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine. 9231 because I agree with him that uh, you know what the politicians and uh, the, the, the people that run things in the military industrial complex and the international bankers what they want is they want people to be looking at anything but what but they're doing and which is making things that go boom and having people's soft bodies blown into little bitty pieces people's children's bodies blown apart don't forget printing out the money too printing money those are the two things that really really make people rich in this world and I don't mean rich like you know, uh, you know, you might be considering it. I'm talking about stinking, filthy, never get poor. Your children never were. They they live in an entirely different world and different class of people. That kind of rich. Yep. Toll free numbers eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And the conflict exists, and this this create, creation of conflict exists at different levels. Uh, it's it's an old trick to demonize the opponent in some sort of international conflict. Oh, dirty Japs. 
or whatever. The Krauts, the Redcoats. You know, there's always some uh, the Gooks. There's always some sort of uh, slan- uh, slanderous or an awful name to call. Uh, the, you know, the the people from that other land over there, those other folks, and to pretend as though they're somehow worse. To pretend as though because to dehumanize you know, them exactly. Yeah. To pretend there's something other yes. than what you are, and that is a, a human right. being that, uh, that your S smells exactly the same. Right. So it's best to call them they or the terrorists these days. Yeah. You know, these terms that allow one to draw a bead on someone else who may or may not be involved in this, whatever group it is that, you know, that they're out there, drop uh, atomic weapons on innocent civilians. All these, as long as you can picture them as somehow subhuman, it's easier to do. And then you'll look the other way as thousands of them are exterminated and you're paying for it the uh, the entire time. So that's kind of it at an international level. But the conflict between groups exists, as I mentioned before, briefly, at a lo- more local level, whether it's just the school board. Or the local government uh, offices. There's constantly people conflicting over what they believe should be done with this monopoly system. And that's what the government is. It's a violent monopoly. And it's, it's essentially a tool of, of the initiation of force. It's like a, a big giant gun that you can pick up if you're lucky enough, if you're uh, strategic enough, if you spend enough money and you manage to uh, po- uh, politic enough people onto your side, you and your buddies can get a hold of that gun and you can wave it around and point it at the people you don't like and you can tell them what to do. And you can extract money from them and if they don't like it, you can put them in jail cells. But it's always about justification systems, isn't it? It's about you know wanting to use violence because violence is kind of a nice... Easy if you don't think in the long term. If you're very short-sighted, violence is nice and easy. And you make don't have them to think do it too hard want. about. Yeah, make them do what you want. You don't have to. You don't have to persuade anyone to do what you want. You don't have to. You know. You know. And so we have these nice, uh, elaborate justification systems. Uh, there's all kinds of them, and government is one of them. And 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 you know this us versus them war scenario is another one. And so. it just goes on and on because once one group, whatever it is. Whether they call themselves the Republicans or whether they call themselves the Democrats or whether they, you know, uh, call themselves the evangelical Christians or whatever the group is you're talking about, black people or whatever. If they get a hold of that gun of government, the violence of government, and they wield it against the people they don't like, right. eventually it comes back around. Right. Eventually it, they, someone else will get a hold know, of the you government. You actually touched on a perfect example, which is black and white. And imagine how much black people are pretty pissed off at white people for all the things that were done in history up until, say, the 60s. As though you and I are responsible right. for as, those as, things. As if I've ever owned a slave in my life. As if I've ever wielded a bullwhip. And as though all black people are upset i'm, I'm sure they're not uh, but some are uh, grouping good, people enough, together. enough percentage right we're you know grouping people together for the purposes of telling this uh, the story right. well then imagine and i can tell you that there's been a certain amount of reverse racism um when the, the you know enough people in government were black or, or, or cared about the blacks so they strategically the the uh the political system turned their direction and then affirmative action comes into play and then uh, people are getting rewarded because they happen because to black. have been born with more melanin in their skin than me which is justified because of all that horrible stuff that right. happened. So, so this is the turnaround here. And then you have white people that are upset that the black people are now getting favorable conditions. And I would be, too, if I lost a job to somebody simply because of their color. That would make me angry. If you were more qualified, that's Right, sort of absolutely it's like true. like a pen, pendulum swinging back and forth, and it just never seems to so want to slow I know, down. So that's, I know, the, I know, Mark, that's wait, how wait. the government is a tool that is right. used against people. If you, use, if you lose your job, you can get really angry, and you can rally other people to take over the government and show them what for and go and get them back 
and then they'll take over the government and they'll get you back. And it's just it just goes on forever. Whether it's you know whether it's the school board and people arguing over whether the Bible should be in schools or not be in schools. It just the conflict never ends. And this is what government is very very good at besides stealing and killing. A, yeah, this you know it's like a, which you, a pendulum does not lose momentum for a very long time. It's going back and forth. And when it does start to slow down, the government gives a little push. So someone who wants yeah. to get something out of it will give it a little push. You know, nine eleven. Oh, now that pendulum's really going again, and it's yep. never going to yep. slow down. Ian, you, you, you pointed out the government is good at that, and I don't think that there are very many people in the government that intentionally turn groups one on another. No, that's true. That's, I'm not talking about the, the individuals. The nature of government itself, right. that groups, are, that it is essentially, as you said, a big weapon to be used legitimately against others. And by right. legitimately, I mean without consequence for using it. If I pick up a gun and I shoot somebody in a group that yeah. I don't like, then I'm going to go, then I'm going to face legal consequences. However, if I manage to use the government to go after a group of people I don't okay. like. There are no consequences, so it is like this big, call it legitimate or no consequences type weapon. Hey, that, they were just drug dealers anyways. Who cares if they got killed, right? right. Or, or whatever. That attitude. You, you, you just don't know. I mean, it, the, remember, think of the think of the the uh, military guys in the German army who one day were doing what they were told and what was legal. And then the next day, they're up on the uh, they're being tried for war crimes in in uh, Nuremberg. I mean, the the apparatus of government snapped full circle on those guys. They were the the apparatus of government, and then suddenly, no. So it can happen to anyone. So we still have to answer the question, though. What about the terrorism in the United States, the specter, the scary, scary, fear-mongering specter of terrorism? Anybody could be blown up at any time. What should we do? Well, we can talk about it coming up. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by NestleFamily.com, where nourishing healthy, happy families is filled with fun. Kid favorites like chicken fingers and meatballs can be loaded with fat and calories, but with a few tweaks, you can have a healthy alternative. Instead of frying chicken fingers, bake them. Use ground turkey in place of beef and substitute frozen yogurt for ice cream. Your kids won't miss a thing. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free. Those other talk show hosts, most of them want to charge you for their sites. Enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com. So got a question to answer what to do about terrorism in the United States, because we had a lengthy conversation with Tim in Delaware, and it was a good conversation, I think. We had a lengthy conversation about the ideas of, of war and the, the current conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan. And, and Mark, you pointed out, I think rightfully so, that in the absence of warmongering, had the United States federal government not been over with the CIA and their military messing around in uh, other countries around the world and causing problems and, you know, promoting conflict like we were talking about a few moments ago. Had the United States government not been doing that, not been taking sides, kind of, you know, honoring the Constitution, that was kind of the intent of some of the founding fathers was to stay out of the business of the other people around the world, at least from the government's perspective. Had they done that, 
then there would have been likely no 9-11 terrorist attacks. They wouldn't have been angry about anything. They would have had no reason to if do that. If you listen to Osama bin Laden, and I realize that he's a killer, but if you listen to the reason, and you would listen to any other killer's reasons for why he Barack did things. Barack Obama's a killer. He uh, just doesn't do the dirty work. And uh, I, I agree. However, um, you George know, Bush many, was a killer. many people look at Osama bin Laden as though he initiated force on the United States, and I can see that there is a good example for that. However, from his point of view, he did not. He was defending his country from, well the royal family of which he is a part, and he'd like to be king instead of his brother, Hassan. Um, and, you know, the, the, he knew that his uh, father, Fahd, was going to go out of, uh, you know, was going to die. He was old, and, and that he would then have, uh, you know, H- uh, Hassan would have an opportunity to step up, and likely he would. And Osama bin Laden wanted to be king, but there's no way for Osama bin Laden to have essentially a, um, you know, a conflict between princes like has been th- common throughout history when the United States government is backing the king and the yeah. and, and the transition of power. The, now, imagine for a second, the United States government is supporting a king. We fought a war against a king and said that that kind of uh, behavior was unconscionable, that no one should be ruled by a king, and now we're supporting it. What's old is new again, apparently. Well, what, so, whatever's convenient for the people that yeah. run this country is okay. And the lockstep bumper sticker hawk kind of republican out there will say it's all right it's okay because they they don't look at history well and and politicians are very short-sighted they always are about this sort of thing they make deals with with crooks and then the crooks stab them later stab them in the back later and they act surprised and and uh that goes on and on And, and it's not surprising because politicians because people have uh no you know don't look at history like you said so they're not sure. judging politicians based on things that they did 20 years ago or things that that are now you know that were now uh suffering the pain from so so the question again is what to do about terrorism i mean because mark you suggested withdrawing all the troops from around the world so they can no longer mess around in other people's business and create anger amongst people that could possibly be well, fleshed out in another terrorist you make attack. it seem like the troops are, are doing it mostly it's the, uh, the 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 people that run the troops however um the troops are doing their bidding well, and, right, and that when, in and of itself is enough of a problem right i'm talking about all of them all of them the troops are following the orders of these politicians and they're not fighting for freedom. They're fighting for those politicians yes. and their and the uh, the industrial interests that are that are essentially backing them up. So they're so your suggestion was to bring them back to the United States, withdraw them from the 700 plus military bases from around the world, 135 uh, countries or whatever they're they're in, and bring them home. That way they won't further any conflict around the world. That way they couldn't be blamed for killing anybody else from that point on. But they're still the specter because they have killed a lot of people. And they have messed with a lot of situations, and that has created a lot of uh, enmity, I think, Um, anger, uh, animosity, animosity, and people around the world. And so there's still that chance, right, that somebody's going to say, well, you know, it's okay, it's good that the U.S. military is withdrawn, but I still want to kill some Americans, right? There's still that chance. And and there are the people over there that hate us because of Britney Spears and Coca-Cola. I'm not going to diminish those people. However, the wholesale killing of people people in those countries, uh, you know, mothers and daughters and and children and sisters and brothers and uh, and their family members makes the people that say that they're evil because of Coca-Cola and Britney Spears, it makes those nuts seem legitimate. So the question is what to do about it. My proposal is we let the market decide. And I think that's the best way that you're going to be protected from any sort of violence on the, by the hands of whether it's somebody who was born within uh, the boundaries of America or somebody born elsewhere. It's freedom. 
that is the best protection. And most conservatives should know this, right? Aren't you, if, you're, if you consider yourself a conservative, aren't you in favor of gun ownership? No, I love, I love the conservative thought process because they will tell you right away that government needs to be small because government is inefficient, they're yeah. incompetent, they, don't th- they do things horribly, so they should only handle the most crucial tasks. Our, bu- like the, our, our, our safety and our lives <laughs> should be in their hands because they're inefficient and incompetent. So that's all they should handle is the most crucial task. No, but that's the know? most bass-ackwards thinking I've ever heard in my entire but, life. But Dale, don't you know that when you hand a bureaucrat a gun, they become efficient? No, no, badge. A badge. Makes a badge well, and a gun, you'd yeah. think that they would... They or a title. You, you'd, I'd love it if they just called people from the military efficient. However, what they do is they imbue them with a godlike reverence. You heard the gentleman. The first thing he said is that I'm not being sufficiently respectful of our men in arms. Yeah. And when a cop catches a bullet from uh, you know, some drug dealer who's out there trying to make a living to, uh, you know, to, to, to feed his family, well, for God's sakes, let's have a parade. I'll tell you, people catch bullets all the time, and they don't have parades for advertising executives, secretaries, and lawyers. They just have them for bureaucrats. Once you hand a bureaucrat a gun, they become something like a god. But I think guns are... As a matter of fact, here in the state of New Hampshire, we only have the death penalty for bureaucrats that get killed. Sick. So I uh, I think that guns are actually part of the answer here, that people should be free... To own and bear firearms and own and bear whatever kind of weapon, katana or whatever the heck it is you want to bear, nunchucks, uh, whatever it is makes you feel comfortable. I don't like your chances against a, uh, a handgun with a uh, with pair of nunchucks. No, <laughs> but maybe a guy with a box cutter, you'd be all right. Because, right, weren't it just people with box cutters that, uh, t- or that took over those planes? So can you imagine if one or two people or three or ten people on that flight were packing heat? Do you imagine how, can you imagine how that would have changed the situation? Oh, but no, mommy government says you can't take guns on airplanes. And maybe, indeed, maybe there would be some, you know, in the absence of these government regulations, maybe some airlines would prohibit weapons. Maybe some airlines would allow weapons. I, for one, would like to be, uh, to be able to choose. And I'm certain that in the marketplace... I think a lot of people would like to be able to choose, yeah. including people who aren't comfortable around guns. There'd be some who would choose an airline that didn't allow guns. Absolutely. And, and they would feel safer. Uh, and, you know, obviously you could argue about that. Endlessly, well, the market but at least would they would have a say. Yeah, you know. So. So, and that's what I'm talking about is having the marketplace decide because it can handle these things. And here's another example. How about the Washington D.C. area snipers? I love this example. Remember that? Remember they oh, were yes. just capping people, and the cops were were helpless. The cops, our protectors, couldn't do anything about it. They didn't catch those guys until somebody found them and called the police and told them right where they were. I love the composites and, and the, the, they, they come up with a scenario. This is what the killers could be like. Just take a look. Go back and look at the sketches that they have of these people. It's not even close. <laughs> so, it's not even remotely close. They have to create uh, easy criminals to catch. They create criminals with victims. It's got to be a white guy that's shooting everybody. Who like else that. would do it? Look, uh, the, what I wanted to bring up about that was there was a great story about how the people in the marketplace, the people in search of a profit, were actually keeping their customers safe. They were, were really doing the job of protecting people when the government was just holding press conferences. I'll share it in moments. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. The 20 franc has been made and trusted 
worldwide. They're about a fifth of an ounce of gold, easily carried on your person in case of emergencies, untracked by the government, of a size that one can do business with. Who would turn down a hundred-year-old gold coin? Get them for $233 a piece. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video to show they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. If you're a lady listener or just want to enjoy the Shrine, head on over, get all the details, and uh, see it for yourself at shrine.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live has uh, joined forces with Midas Resources to bring you some uh, low-cost and very valuable gold and silver pieces. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a good time. it's a good time right now to have gold and silver in your possession as a hedge against inflation in case of some kind of terrible cataclysmic emergency or as an investment. Gold and silver have been going up recently. Um, you can go over to gold.freetalklive.com. That's gold.freetalklive.com and check it all out. And if you need to know a little bit more about the Federal Reserve and and uh, how the United States government has, well, taken all value from the backing of our currency, there's a book over there called Dishonest Money, and it comes with a walking liberty half. So we'll get you. Great deal. Yep. We'll get you started on your path to owning uh, precious metals at gold.freetalklive.com. So we're going to get back to the phone calls, but uh, just want to finish up the question of what to do about the specter, the fear, the fright of the potential of terrorism in the United States. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that freedom is the answer. Freedom is the answer. What's the question? Freedom is the answer because when you're free to defend yourself or when you're free to hire people to defend you for you, then the people in search of profit come up with really interesting ways to keep people safe. As an example, during the D.C. sniper situation where the police were just holding a bunch of press conferences and trying to make it look like they were, I'm sure they were doing their best, but they didn't find the people. When the police were doing their thing, it was the marketplace, the people in search of profit, the business owners, the entrepreneurs, the innovators that were really coming up with ways to keep people safe. Now, remember, if you recall the story, these snipers were targeting people mostly at gas stations. People would be pumping uh, their gas and they'd take a bullet. So the gas station operators, or at least one of them that I heard about, I imagine this would be something that would be borrowed by a lot of other operators, but the gas station operators started to hang these opaque, I don't know what they were made out of, I wasn't there to see it, but opaque uh, curtains, if you will, or opaque plastic of some sort that would hang down from the uh, the overhang. You know, when you've got the, your gas station, it, there's that over. It could have been made guard. out of any fabric. If, you, if it's opaque, then people can, uh, you know, move around uh, in, inside there, right. and you can't take a shot at them. I don't care if it's made out of tissue paper. Yeah. You're not going to take a shot. If you have it obscures the, you. It's very effective. Right. Same you, thing's been used for as a shark repellent. It's very effective. Yep. If you if if you have the choice as a as a sniper who's you know going to do some evil stuff as uh, taking shots where there isn't a barrier and where there is a you know tiny tissue barrier where you can't see your target quite as well, you're going to go yeah. where there isn't one. So that's a great example of how the marketplace sprung into action in a short period of time to protect their customers, because otherwise you're going to lose business to the people that do. But when you've got government, you don't have that competitive interest. You don't have the uh, the market signals. You don't have the uh, the interest in competing because there's no one to compete against. 
people are going to fund your government bureaucracy whether you do a good job or not. That there's no accountability. Right. A, a, a business cannot steal your money and still be called a legitimate business, at least, uh, unlike the government. And so they have to earn it. They have to maintain your respect. They are accountable. Uh, and, and we keep trying to get the same thing from government. There's people who insist that we have a monopoly government. And the one thing they insist upon is the only thing that's ever going to keep them from truly, be account- from truly being accountable, and that is keeping it a monopoly. Exactly. You know, and, and you'll hear uh, often it'll be the liberals especially that will say this one. And by liberal, I mean socialist. Um, what if we could make the government just as efficient as business? <laughs> you can. <laughs> what if I could jump up and down on one leg and shoot rose petals out of my butt? I mean, it's just simply not the nature of government. Well, you, you can, but you have to take away their monopoly. Yeah, you have to take away their, their, <laughs> the their one thing involuntary no funding. The aggression. You have to remove the aggression yeah. because then once there's no more aggression, then people can start up competing uh, protection services and you can choose as a former taxpayer and now voluntary funder of the government you could choose to fund your uh, the the, com- the competition which you don't have that choice today you're forced to pay for this subpar crap can service that is supposedly so valuable and so wonderful so freedom is the answer the terrorism question freedom let people defend themselves let business owners and, and entrepreneurs come up with ways to protect their customers and by the way what are they going to protect them from Where is all of the terrorism? Where is it? It's not happening. And don't give me this crap excuse of, well, they're killing them over there, so they're not coming here. That is a load of nonsense, and that, that anyone would believe that statement, whether it's being uttered from Barack Obama's lips or from George Bush's lips, is just, it's bewildering to me. Look, they're killing people on a daily basis in the Middle East. The United States government is killing people. That's angering folks, a right. lot of them. If, and they aren't If somebody from some here. country um, comes over and kills my mom or my wife or my little boy... Yeah, like, I might be ready to go over that country and hurt some people. You may not have to go over. What I'm pointing out to you here is there are people here in the United States who are hailing from other places. People who may have come from Afghanistan. People who may have come from Iraq. You may have killed uh, the government people. May have killed some of their family members. They're already here. That's what I'm telling you. There are the potential terrorists that you're so afraid of. So a good start, then, would be to stop killing a whole bunch of people with collateral damage. It would. Whose family members might be here already and might get very upset. But my point is that there aren't, even with all the killing, even with all of the awful things that are being uh, done in the name of Americans around the the world, there are not the instances of terrorism that everybody is so afraid of. And the government isn't out there keeping you safe from them. There's nothing that would stop somebody from building a bomb in their home, in their basement, or in their garage, strapping it to themselves, taking it to a, a mall or something, someplace like that, or a, a subway platform, and detonating it. Nothing is stopping that. There's no governmental laws or police policy that is going to stop that. Just look at the they war can make on it against drugs. The law, but there but it won't are it. there are um, danger levels and color codes yeah. and things like that. Ian, we're 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 spending tr- you know billions and billions of dollars for a false sense of security at least. Well, don't forget the you know, we're getting program. screened by TSA agents in ways that aren't actually protecting us either. But at least people feel safe because it's just. They're, 
nonsense. Being put through all that crap. It's an illusion. You're right. It's it's a feeling of safety. It's an illusion of safety. Let's go to your phone calls. It's freedom that's the answer to the terrorism problem. And, of course, it's government that created the terrorism in the first place. And government itself is terroristic in the way it does business. Let's go to your calls. Uh, Seth is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Seth. Hey, gang. How you doing? What's on your mind tonight? So, it uh, sounds like Ian and Mark, you guys are getting along tonight, so I've called to change that. Oh, good. Um, and, and <laughs> I love it when they start fighting. I just sit back. I get some popcorn. I've had I, a little <laughs> too much caffeine, so I should be really nasty, too. <laughs> well, I also called because Dale's on tonight, so I wanted to get his thoughts on this. Oh, God, I don't so, want to fight with Dale. <laughs> well... Dale's very reasonable. I'm sure you won't have to fight with him. <laughs> Please. But, Dale, Dale, Dale is completely immovable in his opinions. I don't well, know if that's true. He had to move to get to where he is. Not, well, I, I've certainly had no luck. All right. What is it, uh, what is so, it Seth? Go ahead. So I was uh, – I've had uh, quite a few – I'll start off by saying I'm not an anarchist, um, and I, I have a few things I haven't – that I, I questions that I just don't feel like they're adequate answers, and that's why I'm not. So you're not an um, anarchist because the government's so great at protecting people, right? Well, here's one of my main um, objections or questions. And uh, one of the things that when I've talked to anarchists about, well, what is the alternative for stopping people, you know, bad people, violent people, um, rapers, rapists, murderers, burglars, etc.? Um, what is the alternative besides using force against them? And if we are going to use force against them, isn't that government? I mean, aren't we just basically playing with words here? So government government isn't force. Uh, that's a, that's sort of a mis- mistake, and that that might be why it's it's very confusing for you. It, it, it's common to call government force. It is, but I mean, there's force all over the place. The difference is it's this really illegitimate justification for right. force, and government with no accountability not, for it. Government so force, but not all force, force is government. Right. It, it, that's true. Well, uh, it, there's a, it's really more of an elaborate justification system for violence, and so they're able to do it without any accountability. Now, if it, you know, so anyone, you know, if you're using violence in a justified manner, that's one thing, but uh, we're running we'll out of time. Back. We're, gonna, so, we're not yeah. going to run out. We're going to come back with more. Hang on, Seth. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. What about the rapists in the absence of the violent monopoly that we know of as government today? It's Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we need your vote. Just head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It's only once a month, so if you've yet to do it in the month of October, we still need it because it helps keep us in the number one position. It's my understanding we're still in the number one position. Uh, position. Holding on with, our, with our, just our fingernails. But we need your vote to help solidify that lead at vote.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies, that's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided with a detailed Real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. FreedomsPhoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. 
Go to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch, freedomsphoenix.com. All right, so we're going to continue the discussion here with Seth. We'll also take your calls about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. Seth, you're back with us in New Hampshire. Are you there, sir? I'm here. Okay, now you'd called in tonight to ask the anarchist position, and I guess that would mean that Dale's the only person that can answer the question, but I want to jump in as uh, as the voluntarist, uh, you know, and Dale will also use that term for himself, but I, I don't like being called an anarchist because I think if, it, if we get a chance, I want to talk about when I did use that term and some confusion that came up. Okay, later. we can do, we can do that, uh, but but I don't like the term anarchist because I, I think it connotates no rules, and indeed your question seemed to be predicated on the belief that there would be no way to handle, uh, or you were confused at least, about what the way would be that one would handle those who would do violence to others in the absence of a coercive monopoly on violence that we call a government. And I'd like to suggest a book, first and foremost, uh, it'll, get in, it'll get into a whole lot more detail than we can possibly get into in the next ten minutes. Uh, the book is The Market for Liberty. It is available free at book.freekeen.com or book.freetalklive.com. Either way, I'll get you there. Uh, so go to book.freetalklive.com, and you'll find a free audiobook version of The Market for Liberty. You'll also find a PDF downloadable version of it if you prefer to read rather than, uh, than hear. But there's a great uh, explanation of how it is that the justice system will be so much better if it were actually opened up to competition. If you actually had competing courts instead of this one-size-fits-all monopoly on violence government court that we currently have, you'd have competition in the world of arbitration to where people would be more satisfied with the arbiter's services. And if you weren't satisfied with their services, you could go to a different arbiter. And it gets into a lot of detail as to how that would work out because then there are questions that come up. Well, But that's you... scary, Ian. Because it is. It's new. They're scary because those people would not be... I don't know why it's scary, but they're, but like somehow those are scary, but an unaccountable organization that you have no choice but to, but to obey or they will punish you violently uh, is not scary, though. That's a good point, and I, know, I, I feel like I know why it's scary. It's because it's fear of the unknown. People are frightened yeah. to take, you know, oh my gosh, well, we may have this defunct, uh, awful, uh, terribly d- just violent uh, government monopoly system, but if you take that away, then we're not sure exactly what will happen. And indeed, we can't be sure exactly what will happen, but gosh, I sure am excited to find out because I'd much rather, I know that competition brings good things, I know that it brings innovation and better customer service and lower prices, and so I can be pretty confident about what's going to come out of uh, you know opening up the marketplace in protection. But your concern, though, I think, Seth, is justified. It's a justified concern that needs to be addressed. Of, well, what about those violent thing. people? Here's the thing. I, I work in the legal field, and... Um, I, I, so I know that a lot, a lot of disputes um, are handled outside of the court system, handled in uh, mediation or arbitration. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, um, and I actually wanted my, my point. Well, I actually wanted to tie it around to the protests in Keene, um, because when I've talked to anarchists before, one of the things I say is, yes, a lot of people, most people, um, can can uh, get their disputes taken care of in a voluntary manner at some kind of mediation or arbitration. But how do, in a competing court system, uh, how do you get someone who wants to hurt other people to voluntarily show up? You don't have to. If they've already hurt you, Hold, hold not- on. Why, why, why are you holding this, why are you holding it to a different standard than the monopoly government? 
Like what if someone well, what if someone determines all right, hold on. Someone determines okay. there's this really dangerous person out there and they're not giving themselves up and stuff like that. They're they're psychotic. Like they are not you know, they're you know, we're not gonna label them evil or whatever. We're just gonna say they're psychotic, they don't understand what they're doing and they're going out killing people and they're and they're probably gonna keep doing it. Let's say we've come to that reasonable conclusion. Okay. Let's say someone goes out and, and stops and there's no there's no monopoly system government that has this 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 authority that we conjure up out of thin air, okay? There's someone who just goes and does it, and they catch the person, and they lock them away, and, and okay, now what, right? They they, they've done it. The, okay, now they are accountable for their actions. Let's say they you were being attacked by the crazy person, and you shot them dead. Boom, bullet in the head. Don't you think that, 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 your, that your community is going to forgive you for that because of well, the circumstances? The is that most... most uh, cases are not that black and white. Mo- so no. few cases involve the television drama where there's three witnesses to a person who was shot, and they all, you know, it, most of the time these cases have, um, it, it, there's a lot of facts that aren't settled. So you and want so the illusion of trial. nice, clear lines, right? That, well, that no, makes I, you feel more comfortable? I, no, I do think there needs to be a trial. But the, 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 the bigger point, though, that I wanted to make was that a lot of anarchists have told me, well, that's okay because if this person doesn't submit to a trial voluntarily, he his reputation in the community will suffer so much that he won't be able to buy food and he'll you know he'll have to. Surrender. I think that's kind of the fantasy land uh, anarchy one. I think that the one a more realistic picture would be is what Dale was talking about, where if you have somebody who is a violent, dangerous person and they are out on the loose, obviously they are not going to give a damn about their reputation, right? So. Then in that case, some bounty hunter, maybe they're hired by an insurance company that is providing people with protection services or protection agency or whatever. Bounty hunter is hired to go after this person or any you know reward is put up against them. Somebody is going to go after this guy because there's a demand for safety. People want to feel safe. And so the marketplace will yep. respond to that. The bounty hunter yep. will go after them, but the bounty hunter is going to make sure he's going after the right person. Because as Dale pointed out, as soon as he takes that person's freedom away from them, then he is responsible for that. And yeah, if, he's, he's, if he's targeted the wrong unlike guy... The government, unlike the government, right. he will be held accountable by his community, by other organizations, by that person's family, by, by peace organizations, by who knows what. By the reputation it, of the arbitration association right. that takes the case. By the it, reputation of the bounty hunter, by the reputation of the courts, by the reputation of, of the, a private police force. They are all concerned about their reputations. They're the, you know, if this, not the crazy psycho life. person that's out killing people. I guess this was my question, and it had to do with the fact that the the anarchists seem to rely a lot on people's reputations. And the wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a hold before you go on with that. Do you understand yeah. what has been said about the idea oh, yeah. of having somebody go putting their reputation on the line and going after a criminal and bringing them to justice involuntarily? I'm do, talking do, about a criminal sense? who is obviously not submitting. Uh, you know, I'm talking right. about a criminal who is psychotic, yeah. who doesn't we're still, understand we're still things. Relying on someone valuing their reputation. The bounty hunter values his reputation. Well, what are you relying on alternatively? Well, this was my question, and as I was listening, I listened to the. Well, usually I don't listen live. I listen to the podcast, and I was. I don't remember which day it was, but it was Mark and Ian discussing the. A marijuana protests um, that were held on the day that Keene has a big festival where there's a lot of families and a lot of people were offended that there were people smoking marijuana around children. Some people were and, offended. I don't know if it was a lot. Right. Okay. 
some people were offended. And Mark was saying, well, it lacks tact. It's, uh, it's, it's rude. And you were saying, I really don't care what the people think because I'm a free person. And I was just thinking, if, if I'm to base a system on the assumption that people value their reputations, shouldn't I assume that the people who... It seems to me that most people don't value their reputations very much unless the person who... People only want to be thought well of by people who hold the same value system. And this isn't true just with certain people. I mean, it's true with everybody. You know, there's people, everybody... How does that tie in? I, I see what I, you're it, saying. It feels, do you want to talk about that? Sounds like a very different subject than someone who's going out and killing well, people. Well, no, but I see where he's saying. I, he's saying that he doesn't think people care in certain areas about their reputation. But how do you tie that into the, the question of the bounty hunter going after the, the rape suspect? Are you saying that they won't go, that bounty hunters won't exist and they won't go after criminals? Well, I'm, I'm saying that I don't think that uh, relying on people to do good work because of their reputations is, is a... Okay. It's a good assumption. I, I, what? No, no, I understand what he's saying. I understand what you're saying. I, I have a very short career as an attorney. I understand what you're saying. Look, we're escalating. We're escalating this above. You know what? Ian Ian's being concerned about what people think of him for doing what he believes is the right thing to do. Okay, he's right. he thinks that his liberties are being compromised all the time. Uh, in a violent fashion, and so he doesn't care who, about someone who's violent. Uh, he's still going to do what he thinks is right. That's a little different from what you're talking about, and I'll talk about it. Yeah, I want to bring this back around here. Coming up in Hour 3, we'll continue the discussion of reputation absent uh, the, the government system, this one-size-fits-all violent monopoly. I find talking about this subject a living hell. Well, then you can go away. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hour three's coming up. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the show, and you can bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, we've kept Seth on for an extra extended period of time because I think this is an important conversation. Mark, you hate this conversation, as you made mention uh, toward the end of the last segment. But I think it's really important to have this conversation so we can become better at understanding what it is we're trying or communicating what it is that we're trying to communicate. And that is Dale, between Dale and I tonight, when I say we, not you, Mark, uh, but Dale and I are talking about or answering Seth's question from New Hampshire about the marketplace and how in the absence of the violent monopoly that government currently holds over protection services and, uh, and arbitration services or, or the, you know, the justice system, without that violent monopoly, how would things work? 
It's a completely legitimate question, and it's it's one of the first questions that comes up when when one of when somebody who considers himself a voluntarist would be talking about the voluntary society and ending the monopoly that we know of as government. It's a great question, and it needs yep. to be answered. So, Seth, are you still with us, Sarah, New Hampshire? I am. Hi. So, well, you said people don't really care that much about their reputations, but even the the way government works now is largely built on the notion of reputation. Look at a politician cares about his reputation, and presumably we have this illusion of accountability from them because they're concerned about their reputations. So, th- so there's that. But I think, but but you're really talking about a situation where you you have like a psychotic killer, you know? Not just, necessarily. Well, that's a nice big example because or a you're rapist like, you know, or whatever. Uh, because, because I mean, at this point, we're you know, yes, reputation is is the soft word, but what I'm really talking about is being accountable for for taking violent action, which, which the government isn't ultimately. Right. When the government takes and, the wrong person into custody, like they did with uh, something that's not violent. Let's look at uh, Cassidy having her topless uh, event here in Keene. There was a young lady that walked around in public, completely topless. She was arrested. And then down the line, the police discovered, hey, we can't really charge her with anything because she hasn't actually broken any of their laws in their system. The police actually admitted in the newspaper later on down the line that they were wrong, which is, by the way, very rare. It's very rare for the police to ever even admit they're wrong, let alone actually do something to make restitution uh, to preserve some sort of reputation they have. But it's because the police aren't concerned about their reputation that they don't have to make good. They can just go ahead and arrest as many people as they want to, drop the charges later, which is one of the things they love to do with the activists here in New Hampshire. We're going to talk more about the activist movement here in a little bit. But they love to just arrest people, bring them into their, their processing in the inside the system, l- let them out on the street, then let them sweat it out for a few months while they wait for a trial, uh, wait for their trial date to just drop the charges in advance of the trial, sometimes at the trial, just deciding to uh, to drop the charges. And there's never anything that you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it beyond the whole question. Go- you could go to them, uh, and 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 supposedly like checks and balances that you know everyone loves that uh, that illusion, <laughs> uh, the checks and balances. But there's every incentive in there for them to look out for each other. Then that's exactly you know, what you, they do. They well, there are no checks and balances because the checks and balances are all on the same team as the people they're checking and balancing. They're they're all in positions of power and they want to keep those positions of power and they're not going to screw over their buddy who's going to be the one who's doing checks and balances on them later. No, so, no, you know. Seth. Seth, I understand that what, what I understand that what you were saying before is that you're concerned that there's a lot to address here, that, and, and that you're concerned that well, some people just don't care about their reputation, so how can we trust that the bounty hunters are going to go after these people or, or whatever? But look, even though in the marketplace there are some instances where people get a bad shake, where you know the car dealer rips them off or whatever, there are always those instances where the, the people just don't get what they were expecting and they're not satisfied with their customer service. I'm not saying the market system would be perfect, but what I am saying is that the people that take actions of violence towards suspects, like arresting somebody on the suspicion that they believe they are the murderer or the rapist or the criminal that's you know been running around causing ha- wreaking havoc, they would be responsible for that because no one would be forced to pay them for their services. Or they the might use violence against them in, re- in, re- in reciprocation. I mean, they, they, they could be subject to violence. In common law England, which was the way that the United States got its law from England, and the way that things were done um, up until, I mean, up until very, very recently, only maybe 150 years ago, 200 years ago, was that there was something called the hue and cry, and that is whenever someone would steal something or hurt somebody, 
there would be a hue and cry that would go up. The person who was harmed would yell, and the people were required by law uh, or custom to throw down their farming implements or whatever they were doing and run after that person until he was apprehended, and then he would be brought to trial. There was a, so there wasn't really a police force. It was every individual would kind of enforce the norms of that community. But, and to me, that, 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 that to me is a very, I like systems that encourage individuals to be responsible for themselves. And, um, you know, that seems like a, per, a perfectly sensible system to me where everybody takes responsibility for the, for the collective safety of the community and then there's a trial afterwards. But it does involve force. So by definition, I consider that to be a government. Um, well, you can call it whatever you want. But to me, a government is a, a monopoly on violence. And what we're talking about here would be people who would be competing to bring these people to justice. And if they were wrong, if they got the wrong guy, then they would be held responsible because insurance companies and protection agencies and arbitrators that have reputations to uphold are not going to want to be doing business with uh, disreputable individuals who are doing a sloppy job and arresting the wrong people. Because in that particular case, those people who've been arrested wrong would have real action that could be taken against the system that wronged them because of watchdogging, because of competition, because of consumers who will be paying attention and caring and interested to find out who's the most honest people out there doing business. So why, why don't, well, you can have a trial without a monopoly court system, right? Here's the thing. I've had this conversation to this point many times. Okay. okay. But beyond that, you get to a court. Now, the judge, the way that the court system works now is that the judge has the power to throw the person in jail if they don't do what he says. It's called contempt of court. Now, that's how the judge gets people to come to, come to court. He threatens them with jail time. Now, this person's already been. We're talking about a situation where a bounty hunter will already have captured the person. They're coming to court. They're right. in the bounty hunter's control. So go ahead. That, that's right. Now, now the judge makes an order. He says, "I sentence you to 100 days in jail." Now, what happens after that? Someone, someone uses force to put that person in jail for a hundred days, and if and if someone, and if there's a and there's a, whoever's whatever court is doing it, and then whoever's uh, and then the other other organizations out there, that could, that itself could result in a hue and cry because that court is not omnipotent. That court, that court does not that have court, the. What's excuse me? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Joe. If that court does not have this illusion, this manufactured authority that used to come from God, by the way. Uh, before the societies became more secular, governments got their authority from God. And that's why people mm -hmm. believed that this person who had been assigned a title like king or emperor or something, that's where they, why they believed that whatever they said must be right, because they were getting, they were getting uh, guidance from God. And when that stopped being, people manufactured gods uh, here on earth uh, with badges and titles and things like that. And so it just replaced all that. It didn't you take, actually. You take a person to a courtroom. The judge makes a ruling. The ruling is then carried out by force. I guess I just don't see how that is anything but government. Because, well, <laughs> well, look, it's accountable. Number one, government is not accountable. Is it government? Hold on. You let's say you shot someone because they were about to kill you. Does that mean you're right. government because you used force? Government well, and no, force are not I, synonymous. I, I, but the thing is, is that you have a you have a system here with a judge making a ruling that is then carried out. It just sounds 
very well, similar to what we have now. It's See, not similar because the judge it's is not, accountable. It's not a monopoly. They're not. Right. A, they're they're accountable so, for their actions. It, it, first of all, I think it would be they would be using incredible amounts of discretion because they do not have some kind of ultimate authority that's been assigned to them. Right. You know, I I'm telling you, I, I'm not telling you what's going to happen. With right. absent government, I'm saying I'm trying to give you a scenario that that right. given that who knows what's gonna ha- what would ha- would happen if we if we disband if we disbanded our illusions and and, and I'm gonna give you a quick analogy. Let's say you're a voodoo practitioner, okay, right. and you've been using voodoo to try and heal people and stuff like that. And sometimes people you heal people and sometimes you don't. Uh, but you always, you know, uh, say, well, your voodoo did it, and then later you decide, oh, my voodoo isn't m- doing anything. It's a it's a myth. Okay, so. And or if I told you your voodoo wasn't doing anything, it's a myth. It's just sometimes people heal and sometimes they don't. Well, you, I'm not going to replace your voodoo with another illusion. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. It's you, you're, that's what government is right now. Government is the voodoo. We can come back with more here in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Free talk live. Hey podcasters, FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that. Fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on Free Inspection and Estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And on our site, you'll find lots of stuff like archives. If you missed a moment of the show, you'll get them right there on the front page, completely free. So click and download at freetalklive.com. And also, to get more great audio entertainment, head over to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL and grab yourself a free audio book. You can choose from over 60,000 titles in every genre. Audible has it covered. Get your free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. You can listen whenever and where uh, wherever you want, just like a podcast. audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audiobook. All right, we're going to wrap this uh, discussion up, at least, Seth, with you, because it's been going on uh, protracted here. But I wanted to make sure you had a chance to ask any other questions that you might have or wrap up your thoughts. Uh, so go ahead, Seth, in New Hampshire. We're talking about the idea of transitioning from a monopoly on uh, products and services like protection and arbitration or the justice system to a competitive open marketplace in those things. Go ahead. Well, I guess here's the point that I've been trying to get to, and that is that when I talk to anarchists or voluntarists about this, the Stefan Molyneux answer always pops up. And I consider it to be somewhat fantastical, and that is, is that people care about their reputations enough that they're going to you know, try to get along with their neighbors. And I think that that's true for 98, 99% of people, but they're, you know, that, that's not always true. And I've worked with quite a few criminals, I think more than the average person, um, you know, people who have committed everything from rape to burglary. And the interesting thing to me about it is that usually when you go in to these people, 90% of them are not ashamed of their crime at all. But 
So they're not concerned about their reputation as a rapist or their reputation as a burglar, but they're always very insistent, even though it's completely irrelevant to my job, that, you know, a burglar might tell me that he's not a violent person and explain to me that every house he's ever broken into has been unoccupied. A rapist might tell me that he's a very honest person and he never lies and never steals. So they're concerned about their reputation, but only a certain part of it. You know, the part that but there's the other part of it that, you know, the part that society would generally look down on them for, they're not really that concerned about it. Okay. So I guess I just don't think that people are, are as concerned as, about their reputations as a lot of the voluntarists or anarchists seem to make when it you out. Say, then, right. When you say people, you mean the 2% of criminals that you're talking about. Well, I, I did. And then this these last few weeks, I've been kind of watching this whole thing that's going on in Keene, and I'm like... <sighs> It doesn't seem like a lot of the people in Keene care about their reputations either. You're comparing apples and oranges. Number one, the situation mm -hmm. in Keene with the daily cannabis celebrations that you're referring to, one of them on those, it's, it's happening every single day. People are smoking cannabis in public in downtown Keene, New Hampshire, which is the place we do this show from. That much is happening. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is that the people that are doing that, people like me, because I said I don't care what those people think. Specifically, right. what I was talking about was those people who are so concerned about their families, these people that are lying to their kids, that are going along with a government propaganda. I am not concerned with what those people think, but I am very concerned with what other people think. But what you're talking about is, is, is apples and oranges, because when you try to tie that into a discussion about violent criminals and their lack of concern, they aren't concerned for really what much, of, you know, much anyone thinks about them. But beyond that, it doesn't matter what they think. They hurt people. And so it doesn't matter if they are not interested in their reputation. And I think that the questions you're asking are all predicated. You brought up Stefan Molyneux. He's a very brilliant thinker, and I like a lot of the things that he has to say, but I have moved beyond the idea of this completely voluntary concept, which you see, you keep referencing, the idea that right. you have to convince the rapist to show up to court on his own volition because he'll be concerned that his reputation might be dinged down the line. And you're right. right. You are absolutely right, Seth, when you're dealing okay. with well, somebody who... Some when you're dealing with somebody who doesn't give a flip, then there's it's other things you have to do. If you're just talking right. about somebody that stole, uh, you know, some underwear from Sears and got caught, you know, they still have a job to go to. They are they are still, you know, connected with society. They are still concerned about their reputation. Those people can be handled in a different way. They can come to, you know, understand that what they've done is wrong. They can come to an agreement with the arbitrator to say, look, I'm going to pay this the store back, or I'm going to pay this victim back, and they are on the up and up. at still at that point, and they're allowed to retain their reputation. But somebody who just doesn't care, then there's nothing wrong with taking that person, I don't think, into custody to protect the innocent people from, from further harm. And remember... Right. Well, okay, it's good clear, that we're agreeing. I want to make it clear that I don't... I was not trying to compare people that aren't hurting other people in Keene to violent criminals. That was not my intention. I understand um, that, but it just well, it, there was no real even point to bring it up. I think it's a good well, conversation well, here's that we're... my point, is that, is that Dale called in and he said, look, I think we could have done this, and I might be misquoting you, Dale, but basically what I took from your call was we could have done this better. This made certain people who might be predisposed to agree with us to react against us, which to me is a thought that's like, well, well let's be concerned about our reputations here. Let's be concerned about what other people think. And there's a lot of people who are like, mm, no, I don't really care. Yeah, you quoted me pretty well. I, I would like I could probably clarify that a little bit and what I was trying to say. But yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I don't care what violent status people think. Uh, I think they, they are, uh, I think they have, you know, I, I, I think their, their minds need to change, and I'm not going to be unprincipled in order to appease those people. That, that's, that, but I, but I, I want a society where people, uh, reject violence as a solution, and, and I do care, uh, I, I do want to be, I want to be on good terms with, with my neighbors, but not to the point of sacrificing my principles, no. So, right, now we're talking about the question of activism and how far one should go as a liberty minded person in the eyes of other people, and anybody you talk to is going to have a different opinion on this. Some people are going right. to say, yeah, hell yeah, get out there, smoke, smoke cannabis in public, who cares about what the Puritans and these repressive people think about it, or the people that are concerned. Concerned. Alternatively, what you're asking about is the people who are very concerned with what the Puritans think, right? Because the people within the liberty movement who are concerned with uh, the, the the view of other of, of the Puritan types, they're the ones that you're that you're addressing here. In the same way that there was a group of people that was very opposed to Cassidy going topless in downtown uh, downtown Keene, they themselves would say things like, "Well." I, for one, support the equality. I think that women should be able to go topless, but you have to remember how you're being seen by all of those people that don't support that. And I'm not concerned right. with them because what I'm doing is this is, I think, Harry Brown's silver, silver rule uh, instead of the golden rule where you treat others as you want to be treated. In Harry, with Harry Brown's silver rule, you treat others as you want to attract so you do what, uh, what you want to attract toward you. So I want to attract people that aren't concerned with what the Puritans and the repressive people out there think. I want to bring those people to me. And by doing something like smoking cannabis in front of a thou- you know, 40,000 people or however many people come to this festival at which the cannabis was smoked. Now, certainly there were probably no more than 1,000 within immediate vicinity at that time. But doing something within a lar- to a large group of people or near a large group of people gets that message out. Getting those arrests, those arrests that happen, the video footage, Dale, you put it up at freekeen.com, people can go and see the video footage, that video footage gets out, and people around the world and people in, in America are looking at that, and they're saying, oh my God, there's something yeah. happening there. I, I I'd need like to, be to a talk more about where, what I was coming from on that Thanks, subject. Seth, for the call tonight. Appreciate the discussion. And we did come to an agreement on the uh, the issue of private arbitration, and I, I, he said he was, he was agreeing with us on I that. think so, yeah. So that's good. AIDS Progress, 800-259-9231, and that's why we have these conversations, Mark, to progress, to get closer to understanding what liberty really is and how we can uh, we can get closer to it. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We will take your calls about absolutely anything. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. You can edit virtually anything you see, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. And the Republican Liberty Caucus of New Hampshire, if you happen to be uh, uh, living nearby here, or perhaps you want to come up and see Tom Woods speak. They're having a reception, and uh, the speaker will be Tom Woods, who's the New York Times bestselling author of Meltdown, explaining the economic crisis and the role of the Federal Reserve at their uh, little 
dinner thing here, and uh, you can, if you register by October the 26th, you get a free copy of Dr. Wood's book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to American History. I have it, and it is great. Uh, my mother-in-law read it, and she liked it too. So <laughs> is all you have to do to go register to uh, see Tom Wood speak is at go to nhrliberty.org. That's nhrliberty.org. I'm a member of this organization, so, uh, you know, there you go. All right, uh, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. In fact, coming up, people want to talk about everything from reputation to anarchy and more. Uh, but, Dale, I know you wanted to get some uh, comment in, in here before we do that about the Pumpkin Fest, which is a, this big event that happened here in Keene over the weekend. Keene, New Hampshire is where we do the show. Uh, it's, a, it's a yearly event where thousands upon thousands of people come into town and they look at pumpkins and they yeah. bring pumpkins and they look at them. And Jack-o'-lanterns. They, they have food. Oh, yeah, thanks. Jack-o'-lanterns. They have food. And it's a, you know, it's a neat little uh, event. And some people smoked cannabis at this pumpkin fest as they've been doing at 420 in the afternoon every single day. And a lot of people were saying in advance, hey, guys, cut it out. You shouldn't be smoking right. cannabis. Don't There's families. A, I, I just don't want to be shoved into a false dichotomy. Because I do think there, uh, you know, for me saying, well, we could have done the protest differently, uh, considering the fact that there was this huge event going on and everything, um, that would have been like, would have come across as sort of less obnoxious, you know? And, and I think in the sense that there is this, you know, it's, it's not, I, I don't think there was any, like I, like I said, I would have liked less bullhorn. You know, when there's a big mm-hmm. festival going on and people are How enjoying themselves. How do you themselves. get your word out to people if you don't have a bullhorn? It doesn't have to be about getting our word out, right? I mean, it's about, di- uh, first of all, for Rich Paul, it's about living bull- free. For you the know? guy with the bullhorn, it was yeah. about that. His, well, his that's intention. fine. He can do that. I mean, right. I'm not being overly critical. I didn't think, I felt like he's in his rights to do that, certainly. And definitely he's being, he's having his rights violated all the time. That's, that's sort of the idea of doing the, you know, the 420 celebration. The crowd the first, loved it. I mean, in they, the first place. And some of them did, and some of them were really, you right. know. The people who didn't like not it all aren't going to hang around there uh, and say, uh, boo no, no, on you, not, people, not everyone boo did love on it. you. They're going to walk away. Hold on. Hold on. Not, everyone, not everyone did love it. And, 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 and not necessarily were just Puritans and things like that some people were probably uh, on our side uh, in general and all for legalization and things like that but just like why are you being so obnoxious about this right here during the pumpkin festival it's it's it, it sort of came across to me as like screaming for attention and uh in the middle of something there's well, other he stuff was looking for attention was, that's yeah i realize that i realize that <laughs> that's but. what he wanted to do i mean i i see what you're saying you're saying I, do I'm it not, anyway i'm you, not i'm not like I don't. I don't know why I can't make a suggestion for doing something differently no, without you, you, it being taken as I'm trying to appease the Puritans. And I'm not saying you're okay. trying to appease the Puritans. Okay. What you're saying is that you think that uh, the, the the cannabis should have been smoked quietly. That there shouldn't have been uh, I think signs. That there shouldn't have been. Uh, there shouldn't have been somebody with a megaphone. That it, you should just show up, smoke the cannabis, and, and that's it. Well, right? I'm not really saying exactly how to do it, but I am saying that after having been there, and I didn't really mm-hmm. ju- prejudge it or anything. I'm just saying having been in there it seemed like it felt a little bit obnoxious and i'm thinking and that's why i said after the fact i think probably less bullhorn in that situation signs? might have been nice what about maybe signs? signs yeah i just th- why I is think a bullhorn that, more but, but, obnoxious but but but, but, like but again to... i don't think i again the police would have created the disturbance if we had just you know smoked smoked cannabis in front of city hall and then they would have and, you know and, and it would have been very clear to onlookers look we're not disturbing anyone by being sitting here and and smoking a cannabis do you it's, think it's they're the ones being disruptive of it sure. and then we can make you know get cameras out then we can shout at them boo at them and things like that but it's like but the, you know they're the ones disrupting pumpkin okay fest, all right not how us. about this then here's a question for you what about now at this particular event there was another disruption 
that uh, you may not have been familiar with because we I don't think we were around for this. I didn't notice it happening when I was out there. But at some point during this day-long affair, at some point they had a flash mob. Did you hear about that? A flash mob? You know what that is? Uh, I, I think so. It's a so. major disruption. Okay. If you think one guy with a uh, bullhorn is disruptive, what happens during a flash mob is essentially – the it's it's something that has only has only been possible because of the kind of text message culture and the the internet and the interconnectivity that we all have today. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes up with the idea to go somewhere and do a flash mob, which usually something like dancing or having a pillow fight or something like that. They they decide on an an event. They decide on what they're going to do, and it's usually just dancing. So in this case, it was dancing, and some people just started to dance at a certain time. People that know where to go, they go to a certain location that's predetermined. The time is predetermined. The location's predetermined. These people just show up and they start dancing. And okay. in fact, it was choreographed. Like people were doing, apparently doing the same dance or, or whatever. And maybe even if it isn't choreographed, it's just different people dancing all in the same place. That is a huge distraction. It gets in people's way. People are, are in this one area dancing and dancing and dancing. And that could be very offensive to people. That's distracting. We shouldn't have anybody do distracting things at this public event that lasts all day long with, you know, with uh, well, 50,000 people. Again, I'm it. not saying that. We should be distracting or anything like that. I like the flash mob dancing thing. Actually, I just I just felt like you know it just seemed to not, a little bit obnoxious even to me uh, with the bullhorn and everything uh, preaching I during can, pumpkin festival. That's all. I mean, I see. So flash I can mob, tell you okay, that the, I can tell not. you that the, uh, the 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 free staters um, to the people that were annoyed by the flash mobs dancing, the free staters were blamed. They decided in their own minds, that those were free staters. Doing the and, flash mob? Yes. So now free staters have managed, uh, at least the, the free Keniacs or, or whatever you want to call the outside the system activists here in Keene, New Hampshire, have managed to vilify themselves to the extent that the people in town that might be irritated by any activity will likely blame it on them. Whatever. They're going to blame right. all yeah, kinds but, of stuff yeah, that, on us. That, I don't know what to even say about that. You I mean, don't think I so? I just would like, I, uh, you know, I, it, I wish you wouldn't take it as like being, uh, you know, passing judgment saying that's not okay to do when I say I think uh, it might have gone over better had we done this. And that's just my opinion about it. Okay. You know, and, 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 and so, you know, and I know that, yeah, that I, I just feel like. So uh, you're saying it would go over better with a certain segment of the population that is offended by megaphones? I think. I think well, it's, it's not about. I'm just saying. Not, I'm not even against megaphones. I think there's a time and place for them. I just didn't feel like that was. You know, okay. I think. I think it, it would have been. I think um, because uh, some people. I think it, it would have. Ma- well, I mean, I think a lot of you know, it's like civil disobedience is. Uh, I think you know, just I think there's. Um, that can be you know, there can be, it can be done better. It can be done in a way that gets more bang for the buck. Right. You know, so when I'm applying strategies to how we try to get a message across, then I don't, that sh- I don't know what that – I wish that wouldn't be taken as I'm saying that's not okay. You shouldn't do that. I'm saying, saying I just that, think that it might have been more not, effective had, had we just been passively, quietly, fine. not trying to disrupt anything, and the police the had police, disrupted everything. Right, what if the police know? had done the, the arrest? What if Rich Paul, the guy who was first arrested for the cannabis, had not brought a megaphone with him and had just lit up the joint and the police arrested him? Then I pull out my megaphone and start going uh, – start, uh, you know, basically – uh, giving commentary about what was happening as I did. And Actually, I, I was, think that would have been more effective than so what happened. So that's okay. So then bringing it's out not about it being okay. I'm just trying to say, please okay, stop okay saying that. You. More effective, okay. <laughs> you, you, you were, I think, you were I think that would have been. I think that would have been more effective. How can? Why don't we look at the things we've done in the past 
and and talk about it and say, how can we do this better in the future? Instead of saying, well, that's okay or not okay. And I'm certainly not going to, you know, I don't think it was not okay. I think, think he, you know, he... He did his thing, so and I'm saying, like, okay, now okay. we did it. You're saying it's okay, but it could have been done better. Sure. Okay. 800-259-9231. Uh, let's go to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. What's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to uh, say a couple of things about uh, this gentleman who had called. He was talking about um, what if this and what if that. And uh, one of the reasons is it seems to me when you start talking to people about the ideas of freedom and the ideas that we have, they come up with all these scenarios. Well, I think some of them are legitimate. I'll bring you back here in a moment. You can make your point. 800-259-9231. I think some of the scenarios are legitimate. And he was asking about rapists and murderers. And I think those things would still exist in the absence of the state. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program, we ask you to become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money and reinvest it into the show and get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and join up and get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, amp.freetalklive.com. The Millionaire Patriot has five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to FrontSight.com for your free training, excuse me, for your training and free gun. It's FrontSight.com. All right, let's continue. Matt is on the line with us in Illinois. Matt, you were trying to make a point, and we ran out of time in the last segment, so uh, do go right ahead. Um, Yeah, whether whether there, there their point is legitimate or not there's, there's nothing to do with what I was going to say um uh, when when we uh, we try to explain these things it's a, it's important to remember that in a, in a free market it's going to evolve in such a way that we don't know exactly what's going to happen sure. when we're talking about free market um, reputation and courts and things like that we are only giving possibilities that may occur. Correct. I can't say. I think that's what's going to happen is we're going yeah. to evolve into a better system than what we have. What you can say right now is what we have stifles any innovation and growth. We are not allowed to try new and different things that just might be better than what we have because the government is a monopoly and refuses to let us try those things. 
You know what I was starting to say, and I got interrupted by the music myself. I said, imagine if you've been practicing voodoo all your life, and now your aunt has cancer, and you go out into the graveyard, and you start practicing your voodoo rituals to the graveyard spirits to, to heal your aunt's cancer. And if I came up to you and said, look, that, that's, this is nonsense. There's no graveyard spirits. They're not going to heal your aunt. And you'll say, oh, but they, sometimes people get healed when I do voodoo and everything. Like, yeah, it didn't have anything to do with your voodoo. Trust me. Just give up the voodoo. And then, and if you said, well, then how am I going to heal your aunt? I'm like, well, I don't know how to heal your aunt, but I'm telling you, you know, if you don't stop doing this, then you're not going to pursue the any, you know, maybe a dozen things that might work to help heal your aunt's cancer, you know, chemotherapy or, you know, medicinal marijuana or, or who knows what. But you've got to abandon the false solution before you can go on to real solutions. And that means you have to get over yeah. your fear, too. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think that's, that's, that's a good way to put it. That's kind of what I was trying to say. It's very difficult to, to even explain these things. So when you have a... Um, a model that, that could work, well, this is what could happen. But it's not necessarily what's going to happen. And, true. and what it seems to me is that people who are arguing in favor of the state uh, come up with these these situations where, well, this is what you said. This is how it would work. And <laughs> they don't understand, no, this isn't necessarily how it would work. Yeah, they're straw-banning you. One thing that might be happening. Right. I, all I think you can say for certain is that bringing competition into the areas that government has traditionally held a monopoly over will be a good thing. That's That, I think, is a fairly certain thing because you can observe what competition has done in uh, the marketplace and you can see that it provides for better customer service and innovation and new people coming into the uh, the market offering new ideas and, and lower prices and, and all of those things. I mean, competition and, a, and in a market that is unregulated – or you know, in a market that has fewer regulations than other markets, certainly reveals that it's a, it's a good thing. And and very few people would admit would uh, would admit to support the concept of a monopoly. Most people understand the idea that monopolies are bad things. You don't want Walmart to be the only place you can go and buy toothpaste and toilet paper from. They charge you a fortune in that. <laughs> and and case. of all things, to have a monopoly on violence, you exactly. know, right. as if if monopolies are bad, having a monopoly on violence is should be terrifying to you on a conceptual level. Matt, other thoughts for us tonight? Well, just that I think that it uh, might be prudent to try to work that into any conversation that people have and try to point out that right now we cannot even try these things. These things are not even allowed, not even at the, the most minimum level, for yep. instance, traffic court or something like that. And until we are allowed to try these things, we're not going to know what can work better than the state system. Well said. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231 to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, hello there, guys. Hey. I just wanted to tell you what the uh, the Christian anarchist version of anarchy is, and it's more like the cowboy movies. I realize you only got a minute left. but uh, Oh, we've got more than that. Go ahead. Uh, the... Um, it would it would be the law of nature, the nature natural law. Natural law is if you do something, there are consequences, and the conse- and we already live under natural law. We already live under the law of consequences. If you hurt somebody, the consequences are somebody such as a relative or a family member was going to come back and hurt you sometime. So, yeah, it's a possibility. And this is this is true anarchy, and this is the true natural law because all of these. 
uh, laws that man puts on, including your arbitration and all that kind of stuff. It's all fictitious. It's all uh, it's all pie in the sky stuff. The real law is the laws of nature. And if you look at the old cowboy movies where John Wayne is running through, you know, riding over the hill after the bad guys and they string him up or whatever happens to him, that's natural law. And it's it's not perfect. Nobody says any of these things are perfect. But then what we have today isn't perfect either. In fact. Well, I would say what we have today is a lot more harmful than natural law. People show a lot more restraint with violence when they're the ones that actually have to do it and risk their own neck to commit violence. You know, well, that's true. You know, when and, we uh, can. The, the thing about the Wild West is it really wasn't all that wild. There were consequences. People took the law into their own hands, but in the in for the most part, people were polite because they knew that there were consequences. You know, they knew that they were. You know, if they piss off the wrong person, they're going to wind up. Uh, suffering wrath. So uh, people were more polite then than they are now. People yep. tipped tip their hats and said, you know, good I day, madam, it, and all this kind of stuff. I call it the mild, mild West. Yeah, if you, if you, t- if I, I wrote, I read an essay relatively recently, but I don't remember all the uh, figures off the top of my head, but I believe it is if you take the 10 year period, including Dodge City and, and many of the other, you know, sort of Western areas that people think about, uh, you take that 10 year period and you compare it to 10 years in Baltimore, New York City, Washington, D.C., Baltimore's 26 times as dangerous today than it was in the wild, wild West. Per capita? I think uh, yes, it is per, per capita. capita. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you compare the murderers, murders in both places, um, you, uh, I think New York City was four times. Remember, New York's been been uh, cleaned up recently. I think Washington D.C. was ten times as dangerous. Mm-hmm. These are you know, these are places today that that millions and millions of people choose to live here in the United States, yeah. and they're multiples times more dangerous than the Wild West that we all heard about, where people solved solved their uh, problems with uh, with uh, smoke wagons. Well, and there are a hell of a lot more cops per capita, too, in those places. So out in the Wild West, per capita, there were, very, there were a lot fewer, or there were fewer police. In the, sure, and the people that the Baltimore. cops kill aren't considered murderers, so I, I can only imagine that those numbers would go up. <laughs> what are the up. actual numbers? But there are also private organizations in the West that did a very good job of managing like who owned what parcels of land and things like that. Really? The federal government was almost non-existent. I mean, pretty much. Oh, I mean, fantasy. it was so distant and almost non-existent. That's why people went to the West. They were trying yeah. to escape. It was a relief so, valve for tyranny. But, any, but uh, the, you know, another conversation for another day is how we already live in anarchy, and I can, I can point that out by stating, by showing how there is absolutely no authority that's legitimate authority. It's all illegitimate. Therefore, yeah. Since their authority is false, we already live under anarchy. But it's true. It's just the illusions. It. The illusions keep the uh, the gang. There's, there's a criminal gang. Yeah, I, I uh, agree as well. Right. There's a criminal gang that is lording over all of us and demanding our obedience and our cash. And that that's a very uh, chaotic situation, uh, personally. And I know that anarchy doesn't and, necessarily mean chaos. When, but. when people finally realize that it is nothing more than a gang, that's when the whole gang falls apart. So yes. We need to educate well, people as well as they they as have well to realize. There's there's a second step, Gene. They have to number one realize that the government is nothing more than a criminal gang of, of men and women that are doing violence and, and and aggressing against peaceful people. They have to realize that. But second, they have to be willing to say no to them. And it won't well, take everyone saying no. Uh, this once is my. Realize, hmm? Yeah, once they realize it, no comes natural. And yeah, and and I, I I um you know I theorize and I acknowledge it's just a theory can't prove it but I feel like the, for government to maintain the power that it has it needs near 100% compliance and I think just a small number of people saying no would disrupt that uh, 
terribly. Thank you, Gene, Thanks. for the call tonight. I appreciate it. We're, we're out of time, dude. Way. Thank you for it. Appreciate it. 800. Oh, wait, we're done. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Uh, back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Service restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com.